third-generation sequencing of epigenetic DNA. A review by Bethany Searle, Marcus Müller, Thomas Carell, and Andrew Kellett. From Dublin City University, Dublin, Ireland, and Ludwig Maximilian Universität, München, Germany. Angewandte Chemie, 2022. Abstract. The discovery of epigenetic bases has revolutionized the understanding of disease and development. Among the most studied epigenetic marks are cytosines, covalently modified at the 5 position. In order to gain insight into their biological significance, the ability to determine their spatiotemporal distribution within the genome is essential. Techniques for sequencing on next-generation platforms often involve harsh chemical treatments leading to sample degradation. Third-generation sequencing promises to further revolutionize the field by providing long reads enabling coverage of highly repetitive regions of the genome. All structural variants considered unmappable by next-generation sequencing technology. While the ability of third-generation platforms to directly detect epigenetic modifications is continuously improving, at present chemical or enzymatic derivatization presents the most convenient means of enhancing reliability. This review presents techniques available for the detection of cytosine modifications on third-generation platforms. Introduction Astonishing progress has been made in DNA sequencing over recent years with significant innovation driven by the Human Genome Project. Consequently, the time and cost associated with sequencing the human genome has decreased dramatically, with the rate and decrease of costs surpassing more slow. Despite this remarkable progress, the four-letter genetic alphabet does not provide the complete mechanism governing gene regulation. The discovery of epigenetic bases has shed further light on disease and development. However, the effective sequencing has presented new challenges. Most epigenetic sequencing methodology has been developed for use in conjunction with short-read next-generation sequencing NGS platforms. However, the advent of third-generation sequencing and its potential for great accuracy, direct access and convenience has the potential to expedite research surrounding the secondary information layer in DNA. To reach their full potential in clinical and field research settings, it is vital that the complete extended genetic alphabet can be read and interpreted by these sequencing platforms. Discovery of epigenetic bases Discovery, origin and context of methylation the existence of methylated cytosine 5-MC was posited in 1925 when it was observed as a product of the hydrolysis of tuberculinic acid, a non-canonical nucleic acid isolated from in mycobacterium tuberculosis. Its presence in eukaryotic DNA was confirmed in 1948 by paper chromatography in calf thymus DNA and, subsequently, 5-MC has become the most widely studied epigenetic mark. Methylation in the 5 position is catalyzed by a family of DNA methyltransferases, DNMTs, which use S-adenosylmethionine as a methyl donor. DNMTCs may be divided in two categories, 
de novo DNMTCs, which methylate previously unmodified DNA and maintenance DNMTCs that act during DNA replication to conserve the methylation patterns of the parent DNA strands. In eukaryotes, methylation of cytosine occurs almost exclusively within the context of CPG dinucleotides, with the human genome containing approximately 28 million of these sites. Less than 10% of these CPG dinucleotides are clustered together in regions termed CPG islands, and their viable methylation status is known to play a key role in gene expression, thereby regulating both normal development and disease progression. Genome-wide analysis has linked aberrant methylation to numerous cancers. However, our current ability to identify specific changes in methylation status down to the synchronucleotide resolution has limited the understanding of the role cytosine modifications in tumor progression. Despite this, strategies for cancer therapies targeting known epigenetic functions, including the activity of DNMTs, have proved successful, and these highlights the importance in understanding the role of these modifications to aid therapeutic drug design. Oxidized derivatives Although the most abundant methylation is not the only covalent modification to occur at the 5 position of cytosine, despite being discovered in bacteriophages in 1952, it was not until 2009 that 5-hydroxymethylcytosine, 5-HMC, was found to be abundant in the human brain and Purkinje neurons. This discovery of 5-hydroxymethylcytosine was precipitated by a surge for homologous of the J-binding proteins that catalyze the hydroxylation of base J. Base J is generated by the sequential hydroxylation and glucosylation of the methyl group of thymine and kinetoplastids. The search identified TET enzymes and sequentially the authors confirmed the presence of 5-hydroxymethylcytosine in mouse embryonic stem cells. TET enzymes analogous to J-binding proteins are iron 2 alpha ketoglutamate dependent dioxygenases, the mechanism of action for which has been extensively studied. Subsequently, in 2011, the Carroll group identified 5-formylcytosine in embryonic stem cell DNA by HPLC-MS studies. The final stage in the sequential oxidation of 5-methylcytosine yields 5-carboxylcytosine, 5-CAC, found in mouse genomic DNA in 2011. Oxidation products of 5-carboxylcytosine and 5-formylcytosine are recognized by thymine DNA glycosylase. TDG, a DNA repair enzyme that subsequently excises the oxidized bases during base excision repair BER, constituting an active demethylation pathway. Passive DNA methylation occurs through routine DNA replication, resulting in the dilution and elimination of epigenetic bases. The first oxidation product, 5-hydroxymethylcytosine, aids in this passive demethylation process by inhibiting methylation by maintenance DNMT1. Generations of sequencing technology, Sanger sequencing. The first widely used DNA sequencing technique 
Sanga sequencing was developed in 1977 and commercialized versions of this technology drove the Human Genome Project. In modern Sanger sequencing, chain-terminating nucleotides lacking a 3'OH group deoxynucleotides are coupled to fluorescent labels and incorporated into the sequencing reaction alongside standard deoxynucleotide triphosphates. The fluorescent labeling was a major improvement to the radioactive DDNTPs used by Sanger in the original method. The absence of the 3'OH group in the DDNTPs prevents the formation of the phosphodiester bond by the polymerase, resulting in cessation of strand elongation upon incorporation. The resulting DNA fragments may then be sorted according to their length with single base precision by electrophoretic methodology. While this technology was the first to enable the sequencing of entire genomes, thus revolutionizing the field, its lack of throughput resulted in high costs and slow progress, motivating further innovation. Next Generation Sequencing The Human Genome Project highlighted the need for improved sequencing technology, precipitating the development of a number of next-generation sequencing NGS platforms. Although platforms differ in their specification, NGS techniques share the ability to perform massively parallel sequencing reactions dramatically decreasing associated time and cost relative to Sanger sequencing. NGS involves the amplification of fragmented DNA, followed by spatial separation and recombination of sequencing reads through mapping to a reference genome. The speed and scalability offered by NGS platforms revolutionized sequencing and genome research, widening the accessibility of sequencing technology and driving discovery and innovation within genetics research. Next-generation sequencing techniques have been reviewed. Epigenetic-based detection via NGS Epigenetic marks are not conserved during the DNA amplification characteristic of NGS, necessitating pretreatment to convert the secondary formation layer into genetic information. This primarily achieved through endonuclease digestion affinity enrichment or B-sulfide conversion. Currently, B-sulfide sequencing is considered to be the gold standard for single-based resolution epigenetic sequencing. Developed in 1992 prior to the discovery of the oxidized derivatives, B-sulfide sequencing enables the differentiation of 5-MC and C by exploiting the differential reactivity with sodium B-sulfide where the methyl group is protective against a deamination process. As a result, subsequent amplification yields T in place of C for unmodified C where 5-methylcytosine is maintained as cytosine enabling the positive identification of methylated positions. B-sulfide sequencing is unable to distinguish 5-hydroxymethylcytosine from 5-methylcytosine or cytosine from 5-formylcytosine and 5-carboxylcytosine. This conflation of 5-methylcytosine with 5-hydroxymethylcytosine has likely led to a number of false assumptions given that both marks can have partially opposing roles in gene regulation. Numerous modifications have been made to the protocol to exploit the varying PCR activity of the amination products or those of labeling reactions. These include 
tap sequencing and OXPS sequencing for 5-hydroximethyl cytosine detection, FCAB sequencing and RED-BS sequencing for 5-formule cytosine detection and CAB sequencing for 5-carboxy cytosine detection. This methodology has provided useful insights into these epigenetic marks, however, B-sulfide sequencing suffers from inherent limitations. The harsh conditions lead to sample degradation through the formation of abasic sites, which promotes transitions limiting read length. Sample degradation proves especially challenging in highly repetitive regions of the genome where alignment to a reference is impeded by these short read lengths. This is exacerbated by the loss information induced during B-sulfide treatment as cytosine, 5-formine cytosine and 5-carboxy cytosine become thymine, reducing the complexity of the sequence. In addition to the destructive nature of the treatment, all genome B-sulfide sequencing WGBS is known to overrepresent methylation due to numerous biases introduced during library preparation and sequencing. Despite limitations, the utility of modified sequencing methodology for epigenetic sequencing on next-generation sequencing is evident and has provided great insights into the methylation profiles of a diverse range of genomes. Notably, a number of B-sulfide-free methodologies have been developed to improve coverage and eliminate associated biases with the associated transformations summarized in Figure 3. These techniques, including clever sequencing, TAPS, EM sequencing, and FCCET, use non-destructive chemical or enzymatic treatments generating really inaccessible by B-sulfide-based protocols. As such, this makes them well-suited for adaptation for use in conjunction with third-generation sequencing platforms. Third-generation technology Concepts Third-generation sequencing technologies are characterized by the direct sequencing of single molecules, overcoming the limitations imposed by short read lengths accessible using NGS. By circumventing the need to fragment DNA, this most recent generation of sequencing technology generates reads, multicolor bases in length, which are highly desirable for repetitive or highly viable regions of the genome that cannot be mapped by shorter read length, highlighted by the application of third-generation sequencing in the most recent and highly detailed sequencing of the human genome. Further mitigating the need for fragmentation, replication reduces the number of stages at which errors of bias are introduced. To date, epigenetic sequencing has been conducted using nanopore technology and single-molecule real-time sequencing available commercially as Oxford Nanopore and PacBio devices, respectively. Nanopore sequencing Conceptualized in the early 1980s by David Diemer, the first commercially available device using nanopore technology came in 2015 with launch of the Oxford Nanopore Mini-Ion. Upon the application of a voltage, single-stranded DNA passes across a lipid membrane by an embedded protein nanopore. Helicase enzymes impede translocation of single-strand DNA, facilitating data capture. Fluctuation of the ionic current is a function of the DNA sequence 
interpreted with single base position by base calling algorithms. Bases passing through the nanopore exert a unique effect on the ionic current, thereby theoretically enabling the differentiation of all bases and their modifications. As several bases will be present in the nanopore at any time, it is the K-mer that causes fluctuations in signal, necessitating the algorithm treatment of the raw data to deconvolute these fluctuations, generating sequence data with single base resolution. The accuracy of nanopore sequencing is therefore dependent upon the nanopore processive enzyme and bioinformatics methodology. Early nanopore technology suffered from significant error rates. However, optimization of these components have begun to close the gap between the accuracies of next generation and nanopore sequencing. These was conceptually demonstrated when nanopore sequencing was shown to successfully distinguish between all five cytosine derivatives, with accuracy ranging from 92 to 98% when the bases were inserted into a template strand. The uniformity of the flanking bases present in the template strand inevitably led to overestimations of the accuracy. However, this serves to highlight the potential of nanopore technology in epigenetic sequencing. The refinement of base calling algorithms is an active area of research. A methodology has been specifically developed for nanopore sequencing of epigenetic modifications. A deep learning method, deep signal was developed for genome-wide methylation calling. 90% accuracy was achieved using two times coverage of reads, with accuracy comparable to B-sulfide sequencing achieved with 20 times coverage. This provides great accuracy with lower coverage compared to previously developed statistical models. However, it remains below methodology developed for NGS protocols. Notably, DeepSignal was able to identify methylation status of 5% more CPGs than B-sulfide sequencing, owing to the inherently less destructive nature of nanopore sequencing. Simultaneously, the physical refinement of the technology through the development of increasingly sensitive nanopores provides another route to decrease errors. Biological nanopores present opportunities for refinement by coupling to processive enzymes and proteins engineering. A recent iteration of the protein nanopore features a dual constriction side, demonstrated to improve accuracy by 25 to 70% of homonucleotide sequences up to nine bases long. These are regions known to generate errors during nanopore sequencing. Improved sensitivity of the channels through which the bases pass naturally allows for increasingly suitable modifications to be detected. SMRT sequencing Single molecule real-time technology exploits the real-time detection of recent DNTPs incorporated by DNA polymerase into a complementary strand in a sequencing by synthesis approach. Polymerases are embedded into zero-mode waveguides, ZMW, which are welds on a silicon chip. These ZMW are narrowed than the wavelength of light emitted by the excitation laser, allowing the excitation of fluorescence only of nucleotides they are actively being incorporated. The ability to monitor this process 
at single base resolution allows the primary DNA sequence to be determined by monitoring fluorescence emissions. However, data generated from the incorporation dynamics, including pulse width and interpulse duration IPD, provides insight into the presence of base modifications. As with nanopore technology, early error rates in base calling proved to be significant for SMRT sequencing, with an overall error rate of up to 13% reported, with no single reads being error-free. While single read error rates have remained consistent, improvements in sequencing chemistry and library preparation, including the ligation of hairpin adapters to double-double-strand DNA to form circular templates, have reduced errors by enabling greater sequencing depth. The circular template allows the polymerase to sequence the same fragment multiple times in a process termed circular consensus sequencing CCS. Additionally, this protocol allows the identification of HEMI and symmetrically modified positions. However, SMRT sequencing is reliant upon the quality of the polymerase. The depth of sequencing of DNA is limited by its longevity. Likewise, longevity determines maximum read length. Sequencing of longer sequences at higher depth requires a robust polymerase. Modifications to the basis of the template strand affect polymerase kinetics, and these unique kinetic signatures can theoretically be used to identify epigenetic modifications. Since the 4 position of cytosine and the 6 position of adenine are involved in complementary hydrogen bonding, it can be expected that modifications here will directly impact polymerase and kinetics. In contrast, modifications at the 5 position of cytosine are positioned in a major groove and thus have little contact with polymerase enzymes, resulting in less significant modulation of incorporation dynamics. However, when located within an identical sequence context, characteristic variations in these polymerase kinetics have allowed distinction between cytosine, 5-hydroxymethylcytosine and 5-methylcytosine. An investigation into the kinetic signatures of all oxidized modifications was conducted as part of an effort to overcome the limitations of direct SMRT sequencing of methylated cytosine by oxidation of 5-methylcytosine containing DNA with TET. A template with no modifications was sequenced and from these two ratios of IPDs at each position featuring the modifications can be calculated. The size of the modification was shown to elicit a proportional interference with the polymerase, with 5-carboxyl cytosine generating the greatest response. However, differences are small and context-dependent. The novel identification of the full suite of modifications has proven challenging. Recently, a neural network was used to identify 5-methylcytosine and hydroxymethylcytosine in native DNA, which significantly improved detection, generating 99% agreement with B-sulfide sequencing data. Uniquely, the neural network is able to simultaneously account for multiple variables of polymerase kinetics, including IPDs, pulse width and sequence context simultaneously leading to great accuracy. At present, this does not extend beyond the direct detection of 5-methylcytosine 
and 5-hydroxymethylcyanotoxin, analogous to basal fine sequencing. The detection of further oxidation of cytosine residues has yet to be achieved. Inaccuracies in detecting epigenetic bases in native DNA remain a barrier for the application of third-generation platforms to epigenetic research. Despite this, portable and inexpensive sequencing devices are highly desirable, irrespective of the innovation anticipated from long reads, as demonstrated by their usage in the ongoing SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. To circumvent the currently inherent limitations in directly detecting base modifications, methodologies for epigenetic sequencing have been developed in conjunction with the devices, including the adaptation of existing techniques developed with next-generation sequencing for TGS, third-generation sequencing platforms. The capability of base conversion and modification protocols that exploit the differential reactivity of modified cytosine bases alongside the long reads enabled by third-generation platforms promises increasingly accurate mapping of epigenetic variation across entire genomes. Labeling techniques for epigenetic detection The chemistry of the oxidized cytosine derivatives makes them well suited to selective labeling by both chemical and enzymatic means, as demonstrated by the numerous techniques developed with next-generation sequencing. Labeling techniques present a facile method for increasing the bulk of a given base, enhancing the associated kinetic signatures and making it a promising avenue for epigenetic detection on third-generation platforms. The first example of derivatization for third-generation sequencing aimed to enhance kinetic signatures of oxidized cytosines for SMT sequencing. Sequential glucosylation by T-even bacteriophage enzymes generating a deglucosylated adduct of 5-hydroxymethylcytosine enabled the simultaneous mapping of all three oxidized derivatives of 5-methylcytosine. The authors demonstrate that while 5-4-methylcytosine and 5-carboxycytosine produce sufficiently distinct modulation in polymerase dynamics without modification, 5-hydroxymethylcytosine requires additional modification for detection sequencing of a template featuring two 5-hydroxymethylcytosine sites showed the IPD ratio of 5-hydroxymethylcytosine to cytosine was only 2. Deglucosylation enhanced this ratio to 29. However, the effect was shown to be sequence-dependent for all modifications. IPD modulations could be observed up to 6 bases from 5-4-methylcytosine, with multiple 5-methylcytosine also shown to have a cumulative effect. Sequencing was performed on circa 6 kilobase fragments of native DNA with circa 120 times coverage and validated using 5-methylene sulfonate CMS immunoprecipitation in which 5-hydroxymethylcytosine is treated with B-sulfide to yield 5-methylene sulfonate CMS. Strong correlations were found between techniques However, the authors concede that due to the sequence dependence of the kinetic effect, some modified sites are likely to be missed. This methodology was applied to profile the oxidized 5-methylcytosine species present 
in the genome of fungal Corpinopsis cinerea. The data indicates the oxidation of 5-methylcytosine at paralogous gene arrays and repetitive elements limits gene expression. Differing from previous studies, they found higher levels of 5-hydroxymethylcytosine at the gene bodies of highly expressed genes in mammalian cells, suggesting oxidation pathways in Capinopsis cinerea and mammalian cells play different roles. Why the methodology is unable to distinguish 5-hydroxymethylcytosine from 5-formylcytosine and 5-carboxylcytosine when only treated DNA is present and untreated control would enable this differentiation. Despite this, the utility of mapping exclusively oxidized derivatives provides valuable insight into the function of the oxidative process, as demonstrated by the data generated in this study. Using a B-sulfite-mediated thiol substitution, coupling to peptides, fluorescein and biotin can be achieved and biotin relation of 5-hydroxymethylcytosine containing single-strand DNA was demonstrated to be detectable using an alpha-hemolysine protein nanopore. Treatment with sodium bisulfide and a nucleophilic thiolate can be used to access a number of 5-thiomethyl derivatives. When used at a concentration of 0.05 to 0.06 molar at 42 degrees Celsius, cytosine was shown to be unaffected in contrast to the deamination reaction that occurs during bisulfide sequencing at 4 molar and 72 degrees Celsius, thereby maintaining genetic complexity and eliminating the fragmentation associated with the harsh conditions used MBS sequencing. Conversion of 5-hydroxymethylcytosine containing DNA to yield a biotin-related product of a two steps were 30 to 65 percent and a single-step approach yielded 35 to 55 conversion. As well as enabling direct sequencing, biotin relation enables enrichment of DNA containing 5-hydroxymethylcytosine by immobilized streptavidine facilitating increased sequencing depth. An alpha-hemolysin nanopore was used to detect a 40-mer single-strand DNA containing a 5-hydroxymethylcytosine site. Sequencing data shows that when the site was modified to generate a glutathione single-strand DNA conjugate via B-sulfide treatment, modulation of the current amplitude was indicative of the presence of the modified 5-hydroxymethylcytosine strand. Control experiments in which the modified 5-hydroxymethylcytosine site was replaced with an unmodified 5-hydroxymethylcytosine in addition to G, A, T and C, the histograms of the electrical recording showed no significant deviation, therefore rendering them indistinguishable. Incomplete conversion rates limit the applicability of this labeling strategy for sequencing given the low abundance of 5-hydroxymethylcytosine within the genome. Despite this, the early example demonstrates the utility of a labeling technique for single-molecule epigenetic sequencing, and the authors show the potential of exploiting the reactivity of B-sulfide using milder conditions to generate a range of useful modified 5-hydroxymethylcytosine species, and the authors note the potential of labeling techniques to extend 
to high oxidized derivatives. The use of chemical labeling avoids selectivity issues encountered when using enzymatic labeling, while being less expensive and allowing for labeling of single-strand DNA in addition with maintaining genetic complexity by acting only upon epigenetic positions. Later, a method for profiling 5-methylcytosine and 5-hydroxymethylcytosine by the generation of a host-cast complex was developed in conjunction with nanopore sequencing. Chemical labeling generates structures too sterically demanding to pass through the nanopore, causing the detachment of a non-covalently bound element, in turn generating highly characteristic fluctuations in ionic current. Modification of 5-methylcytosine was achieved by treatment with B-sulfide followed by condensation with a monoxyalkyne O-pent4YN1YL hydroxylamine to generate an alkene-modified base which can be attached to a derivative of ferrocene or adamantyl via click chemistry and non-covalently coupled to curbibiti 7 uryl Following this protocol, 5-methylcytosine and 5-hydroxymethylcytosine were indistinguishable and further labeling reaction was developed in which 5-hydroxymethylcytosine was first oxidized to 5-formylcytosine using KRUO4 before reaction with the ammonoxyl alkene. This reaction is highly selective for 5-hydroxymethylcytosine, leaving 5-methylcytosine and cytosine intact. Notably, this method successfully identified 5-methylcytosine and 5-hydroxymethylcytosine loci independent of sequence context. However, authors note current signature generated by a doubly methylated strand did not vary significantly from DNA containing only one methylation site. Thus, the method may not be applicable for quantification of densely methylated regions. The authors show that selective labeling strategies can be employed to significantly disrupt translocation kinetics thereby overcoming issues regarding sensitivity and detection of modified bases. Although this methodology does not currently facilitate base resolution sequencing, it provides a facile way of screening of 5-methylcytosine and 5-hydroxymethylcytosine modified DNA using third-generation sequencing without the need for very high sequencing depth. Mild chemistry for long-read epigenetic sequencing while labeling techniques are useful for the identifying DNA containing the selected modification, a reliable method that enables identification of epigenetic bases at single base resolution has not yet emerged. The conversion of epigenetic signals into coding that can be read by sequencing technology analogous to the C2T transition observed in B-sulfide sequencing is highly desirable. However, B-sulfide conversion and oxidative treatment with peruthenate leads to a substantial amount of fragmentation. Such fragmentation may be less consequential for short-read workflows as they rely on DNA fragmentation. To harvest the full potential of third-generation sequencing methodology, gentle chemistry to avoid this degradation is needed. Two techniques are currently available for base conversion. EM sequencing, enzymatic methyl sequencing, 
is the first exclusively enzymatic method for mapping 5-methylcytosine and 5-hydroxymethylcytosine. EM sequencing exploits the same C2T transition used in B-sulfide sequencing by using milder conditions. During EM sequencing, 5-methylcytosine and 5-hydroxymethylcytosine are oxidized using TET2 to 5-carboxylcytosine, which is not a substrate for deamination by APOB EC3A. Pre-existing a residual 5-hydroxymethylcytosine generated from the oxidation of 5-methylcytosine is protected from deamination through glucosylation using T4-beta-GT. As a result, deamination of DNA with ABOPEC3A affects only unmodified cytosines, resulting in cytosine reading as thymine after PCR. EM sequencing was shown to outperform B-sulfide sequencing in the detection of CPG sites with equivalent input quantities of DNA as a result the absence of the fragmentation bias introduced under B-sulfide conditions. This protocol was developed using next-generation sequencing Illumina platforms, however, to take advantage of the long reads facilitated by enzymatic discrimination of bases, the technique has been adapted for third-generation sequencing. Additional epigenetic information can be obtained through an additional step to differentiate 5-methylcytosine from 5-hydroxymethylcytosine with the modified techniques termed LREM sequencing, long-read enzymatic modification sequencing. Using exclusively T4-beta-GT in the absence of TET2 catalyzed oxidation selectively protects pre-existing 5-methylcytosine against deamination by APOBEC3A, resulting in only 5-hydroxymethylcytosine being read as cytosine upon PCR. LREM sequencing protocols involve the preparation of multicular-based DNA applicants for long-range phasing by third-generation platforms and there's proof of concept for the application of EM sequencing for long-read sequencing, the authors showed that while the size of DNA fragments dropped from 15 kilobase to 0.8 kilobase upon B-sulfide treatment, no observable degradation occurred following EM sequencing protocols. Sequencing the same applicants after treatment across Lumina, Nanopore and SMRT platforms all yielded similar methylation profiles. Nanopore sequencing showed the highest incorrect cause across cytosine, 5-hydroxymethylcytosine and 5-methylcytosine, as expected given the platform's inherently higher error rate. EM sequencing was shown to outperform bisulfide protocols adapted for low input amounts of DNA. EM sequencing was further adapted for long-read wall genome sequencing designed nano-EM for combined 5-hydroxymethylcytosine and 5-methylcytosine identification. Verification of the sequencing technology was conducted on two breast cancer cell lines and three clinical examples and compared with direct methylation calling an unamplified DNA using nanopolish, a computational approach to direct methylation calling, WGBS, and EM sequencing using short-read sequencing. 
Nano EM showed higher correlation in CPG methylation states with WGBS than nanopolish, but correlation between nano EM and nanopolish was also high. Given that all three methodologies are susceptible to biases, the generally high agreement is a good indicator of performance. While read length using nanopolis was greater than for nano-EM, the quantity of input DNA for nano-EM at 1 to 100 nanogram is significantly lower than the 500 nanogram to 100 microgram required for direct sequencing using nanopolish. These higher requirements for input DNA limits the applicability of direct methylation analysis for clinical samples. Tumor cell enrichment of a clinical specimen by microdissection typically leads to the DNA yields ranging from 50 to 300 nanogram, with surgically dissected samples not guaranteed to provide one microgram of genomic DNA. For the analysis of the early stages of tumor development, this often renders direct methylation analysis impossible. Thus, a base conversion method that is compatible with DNA amplification is desirable. In addition to enabling low input quantities, NanoEM was able to detect allele-specific methylation patterns that could not be resolved using short-read technologies, and the methylation status of structural variations in the relevant genes was assigned. The inherently inconsistent sequences make aligning short-reads of these regions challenging. While clearly having great potential in long-read third-generation sequencing, EM sequencing features still one major drawback in common with bisulfite sequencing. Due to the conversion of all unmodified cytosines to uracil, the sequence complexity decreases, generating mapping problem that only in part can be alleviated by the longer read length. Conversion of only the modified positions in the genome with a mild conversion chemistry would thus be highly beneficial. Recently, a method combining both enzymatic and chemical treatment of DNA for sequencing 5-hydroxymethylcytosine and 5-methylcytosine, TET-assisted pyridine borane sequencing, TAPS, was adapted for long-read sequencing, IR-TAPS. The first step in sequencing is the TET-assisted oxidation of 5-methylcytosine and 5-hydroxymethylcytosine to 5-carboxylcytosine, which are then reduced to pyridine borane to dehydrouracil DHU. Upon PCR, DHU is recognized as thymine resulting in the 5-methylcytosine-5-hydroxymethylcytosine to T-transition, analogous to bisulfite sequencing. However, pyridine borane treatment does not affect the unmodified cytosines, resulting in a higher complexity of the resulting sequence. Both nanopore and SMRT platforms were used during development. For optimizing TAPS methodology for long-read sequencing, the authors first developed a single-tube TAPS procedure, thereby minimizing the loss of DNA fragments and the required quantity of input DNA. Verification of nanotaps and SMRT taps was conducted by sequencing a 4 kilo base model DNA methylated using H-Pol enzymes, which methylate the internal cytosine in the CCGG sequence.
Nanotabs and SMRT tabs showed good agreement with BS sequencing data generated on the Illumina platform with peers and correlation coefficients of 0.992 and 0.999, respectively. Non-amplified tabs treated DNA containing DHU was subjected to SMRT and nanopore sequencing. SMRT sequencing was not possible due to the presence of DHU stalling the polymerase, while nanopore sequencing using nanopolish and tombow produced correlation coefficients of only 0.650 and 0.808, respectively. Phage lambda DNA was used to assess the potential read length of IR tabs. The longest amplicon generated 10 kilobase was sequenced with nanopore and SMRT platforms, with both showing good agreement with B-sulfide sequencing data. Having confirmed the sensitivity and specificity of the methodology, the author sought to sequence an amplicon of mouse embryonic stem cell, MESC, DNA including a 500 base pair sequencing featuring a gene previously considered unmappable. Outside of this gap, the nanotabs and SMRT tabs showed good agreement with Illumina tabs in assigning methylation status at CPG sites with a sequencing depth of greater than 8, providing confidence in the reading of the previously unmapped sequence. To further demonstrate the utility of IR tabs, the authors applied the technique to the study of the variability of methylation status of the hepatitis B virus, HPV, across its life cycle. HPV replicates by a covalently closed circular DNA, CCC DNA, and linearized HPV DNA can be generated and integrated into the host DNA. The author showed, using IR tabs, that in de novo infected engineered HAPG2 cells, the CCC DNA is unmethylated, consistent with active transcription. Upon integration within human hepatoma cells, CPGs within CGIs and gene bodies were found to be methylated. Notably, when individual reads were examined, distinct methylation events that were correlated or anticorrelated across long distance could be identified. Observing this heterogeneity is only possible with long read sequencing technology. TAPS has been applied for World Genome Long Read Sequencing WGLR TAPS using SMRT platform. The authors use World Genome Long Read Sequencing TAPS for complete 5-hydroxymethylcytosine and 5-methylcytosine profiling for M. ESCs alongside short read tabs, finding that of the nearly 21 million CPG sites in MESCs, WGLR tabs was able to identify over 19 million compared to the 10.7 million found using short read tabs. Importantly, the authors note that CPG sites covered by World Genome Long Read Sequencing tabs tended to be those located in repeat regions which cannot be resolved using short read platforms. World Genome Long Read tabs showed a lower global level of methylation than short read sequencing. However, this is attributed to these coverage of regions not accessible using short reads. For equivalent sequencing depth, 
World Genome Long Read Sequencing Tabs outperformed Short Read Tabs in detection of structure variants with a number of deletion and insertion events covered only by World Genome Long Read Sequencing Tabs found in repetitive regions. Deciphering two genetic elements that remain elusive using short read technology. Third generation sequencing promises to provide novel insights into the genetic features of disease and development, notwithstanding its potential in epigenetics research. The original TAPS methodology has been expanded in two system methods TAPS S beta for exclusively 5 methylsatsin sequencing and CAPS for 5-hydroxymethylcytosine-specific sequencing are available. The authors further demonstrate that exclusively pyridine borane treatment can be used for sequencing 5-formylcytosine and 5-carboxylcytosine. Future adaptation of these techniques for long-read platforms offers the potential for complete sequencing of 5-methylcytosine and its oxidized derivatives. The novel insights gained through the application of long-read tabs is a promising indication of the potential for third-generation sequencing platforms to generate further discovery and innovation. Emerging chemistry to facilitate long-read sequencing Under the current conditions, chemical methodologies offer greater reliability than the use of enzymes which may suffer inherent biases while being cheaper and more accessible. In TAB sequencing, TET-assisted bisulfite sequencing, TET enzymes are used to oxidize 5-methylcytosine to distinguish it from 5-hydroxymethylcytosine. However, a TET biomimetic catalyst was recently developed featuring a high-valent iron center found analogous to the TET active site. These iron 4 oxospeaches were shown to effectively and selectively oxidize a 5-hydroxymethylcytosine residue within 10 mer oligonucleotide context. Although yet to be applied in a sequencing context, the ability to perform these transformations synthetically will no doubt decrease the cost associated with the transformation driving data collection. As demonstrated by IR tabs, chemical transformations can provide a convenient means of converting epigenetic bases into coding that can be readily interpreted using long-read third-generation sequencing platforms. A number of approaches to epigenetic sequencing, including the most widely used BS sequencing, are based on deamination reactions, generating speeches which through PCR are converted into genetic information which can be unambiguously interpreted by sequencing platforms. The utility and efficacy of biomimetic species is evident as demonstrated by the iron 4 oxocomplex. The development of a catalyst capable of performing the deamination function of APOBEC enzymes in the absence of the harsh conditions used in bisulfide sequencing would further enable the potential of long-read sequencing to be realized. Clearly, biomimetic species can present a cheap and accessible way to manipulate epigenetic bases, increasing the ease of sequencing. Alternative Single Molecule Methodology 
In addition to the widely available Oxford Nanopore and PacBio SMRT platforms, optical mapping provides a direct route to high resolution, long read sequencing data. BioNano Genomics technology uses nanochannels to raise to detect fluorescently labeled DNA. By using a unique label for each base, both genetic and epigenetic features can be observed simultaneously. This technique was applied to generate 5-hydroxymethyl cytosine profile of human peripheral blood mononuclear cells, with 5-hydroxymethyl cytosine quantification verified by LCMSMS, and sequencing data compared with HMEDIP sequencing data. Remarkably, optical mapping was able to provide epigenetic information regarding the human leukocyte antigen, which is among the most heterogeneous regions in the human genome, spanning 3.6 megabase. This polymorphism renders alignment of reference genome very challenging. However, the authors demonstrate these can be overcome using ultra-long reads. While HMEDIP sequencing was not able to align in reads, the long optical reads could be aligned unambiguously, enabling identification of hydroxymethylcytosine around this region in the absence of amplification or targeting methodology. Given the gene's association with over 100 diseases, generating its epigenetic profile would undoubtedly drive therapeutic and diagnostic innovation. Summary and Outlook The potential of long-read technology to decipher previously uncharged regions of the genome will continue to drive further discovery and innovation across the field. In conjunction with improved methods for epigenetic sequencing, unlocking the secondary information layer in DNA promises to present a host of opportunities in developing diagnostics and therapeutics as well as understanding the fundamentals of disease and development. The continuous improvement in the sequencing science is compounded by the affordability and accessibility of third-generation sequencing devices, making feasible the application in a clinical setting. DNA methylation has been identified as a cancer biomarker, both in biopsy tumor samples and cell-free DNA. Liquid biopsy assays using cell-free DNA allow to facile monitoring of patients, in turn generating the potential to improve patient outcomes from facilitating early diagnosis to monitoring for recurrence. Fluctuations in methylation may also inform the choice of therapy in addition aiding the assessment of a patient's response to treatment. Notably, 5-hydroxymethylcytosine profiling in was recently used to identify genetic signatures in cell-free DNA associated with acute myeloid leukemia, AML. Here, the authors used data generated from nano-5-hydroxymethylcytosine seal on next-generation sequencing platforms to develop diagnostic and prognostic models, which were able to accurately categorize AML patients and controls while identifying genes and pathways associated with a disease dependent upon 5-hydroxymethylcytosine prevalence. These examples of diagnostic and prognostic developments are indicative of the utility of identifying epigenetic signatures in informing clinical practice. 
third-generation sequencing platforms have the potential to expedite this process, bridging the gap between research and clinical applications to improve patient outcomes. Despite their promise, a number of limitations need to be addressed before this technology reaches its full potential. While complete profiling of the epigenome remains unfeasible, sequencing approaches that explore the differential reactivity of bases is proving an effective means of epigenetic profiling, analogous to next-generation sequencing epigenetic sequencing techniques, these suffer from their own biases and limitations. Ongoing work to improve these techniques will continue to improve their accuracy and efficiency. While many of the techniques discussed in this review were initially developed for use on next-generation sequencing platforms, novel techniques developed specifically for third-generation sequencing will work synergistically with the strength of the platforms. Notably, at present no techniques are available for third-generation profiling of the 5-4-mill cytosine and 5-carboxyl cytosine exclusively. Characterization of the full suite of cytosine modifications is required for complete epigenetic profiling. In principle, labeling and base conversion techniques could be developed for the sequencing of any non-canonical base on third-generation sequencing. While great progress is being made in next-generation sequencing of DNA damage, this methodology has yet to be demonstrated on third-generation sequencing platforms. In addition to DNA, third-generation sequencing has been used for canonical RNA sequencing. While covalent-based modification eukaryotic DNA is limited to the five covalent cytosine modifications, RNA modifications are extensive and significant innovation will be required to incorporate the identification into third-generation sequencing. Beyond improvements to their epigenetic sequencing capabilities, these challenges present the opportunity to expand the scope of these devices, which will undoubtedly help innovation in the coming years. This project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme under the Marie Slodowska Curie Grant Agreement number 861381, NATO ATN. Thank you for listening to this suggested article. If you also want to suggest an article, please drop me the DOI via Twitter. Pub reading.